0: Ooh, We're on another episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about bugs. We
1: ask, why on earth would you build a doll hospital?
0: (laughs) And how long can you burn one can of aerosol? Let's kick it.
1: Week's episode of Devil's Trap podcast where we talk about season one, episode eight, bugs, bugs,
0: yeah, bugs. I'm. This is Diana. <laughs> this is Liz. All right, let's do this. Okay. So hopefully there's no bugs in your drink. What's your cocktail this week, Diana? Uh,
1: I decided to have a mixed beverage this week, and I brought my product placement bottle. I am drinking high gin so from our dear friends at high rum this is their gin offering spelled d-j-i-n-n
0: and so it's they, spooky gin
1: spooky gin so they came out with this um earlier in or early or mid 2020 i think was when they first came out and it's pretty tasty um they're uh i'm not a huge gin fan but i'm not i used to be anti-gin i'm not anti-gin anymore um but it, it's pretty nice gin they're uh their master distiller there is quite thoughtful in his processes. It will tell you all about it, but he um, he took some care in making <laughs> Sorry, this Jim. product. Sorry, well, hey, yeah, he he knows this. Um, but yeah. Yeah, anyway, so it's a pretty tasty gin. Um, it's a uh, you know got that good juniper aromatic flavor, but without tasting like chewing on fucking pine needles.
0: Yeah, and also or gin socks, which is how most gin tastes. Most gin tastes like it was. What was this distilled with? Well, we threw every. St- Sweaty gem sock you ever had into it. And that's also because most people drink really shitty gin. Um, I'm also a fan of that one. And again, also the same path as Diana. For the most part, gin is not my jam, but also the packaging on that is fucking spectacular. Uh, you'll have to post a picture of it so we can see this. Like it's so beautiful, it's so well done. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, there is some juniper in it, which is fine. I there's just some of the floral notes and juniper things in Jen is why I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm more of a smoky person, of a whiskey girl. so
1: Yeah, I'm not, but that's okay.
0: But yeah, so it's tasty. So that's what I've got. What do
1: you got tonight?
0: I have a shitty Pinot Bar that I accidentally ordered. Uh, <laughs> either I ordered the wrong thing or the grocery store brought me the wrong thing. Uh, so the Pinot Bar is... Not I. Generally, oh, my Pinot Noirs usually come from Oregon or Washington at the very least, and this is from Sonoma County. It's second bottle quality. I mean, okay. it's it'll get me through the podcast.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So, so no California Pinot Noir for Liz. That's the that's the rule.
0: I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, it's just <laughs> I was not waiting good. for
1: you to say it. You're gonna say it's fine. <laughs>
0: that's how you know he will ask me how i'm feeling like i'm fine um no it's just that you know things from you know you know from oregon or washington it's just i think it's a better climate for those grapes so that tends to be kind of the it's my that's the jam ha ha ah, to make ha-ha. wine nerd wine and shit and so many people just click this off right now they're like fuck these bitches yeah. okay all <laughs> right we're done talking about like tasting notes and wine and say liz is going to drink this until hopefully she doesn't have a hangover tomorrow Yay. Um, no hangovers. Uh, anything exciting happening in your land um I, I mean i feel like we got snow
1: in dallas fort worth over on sunday for a little bit but it was like some real slushy stuff that made things white for a couple hours and then it melted you got real snow
0: yeah, we got a few inches. It, it actually hung out until the next day. But also in the way that I like my snow, it then melted by, most of it's melted now. So I'm like, cool. I don't have to shovel anything. I don't have to deal with the aftermath of nasty slush. So not that I left my house. But I I saw most of this from like, I looked outside. I'm like, cool. There's some snow. I like, think It started off being grapple, which I love that word. I think it's such a great it's a word. It's a great word. Yeah. It started off being grapple, and then it turned into really fat flakes. We'll talk about fat later on. We discuss this episode. Very shortly, we're going to talk about the word fat. But this time, I mean, F-A-T, as in they were just big flakes, and they were kind of pretty to look at, and also overwinter. I'm kind of done mainly because I have that new top what? on the Jeep and it's really wow. great. Um, but it's super fucking loud and I want to take it off. Like, I don't want wow. to take the whole top off. I just want to take off like the backdrop on it. Um, because when you're going down the highway, it's like a lot and of wind noise. It is a lot of wind, lot noise. Of wind noise. And I maybe I installed it wrong. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm ready to have my Jeep be stripped down to the glorious bare bottomed bitch that she is and just, you know have her shine with her top hanging off and you know i hear you got duchess back i was gonna say
1: speaking of, of our baby vehicles that we adore um duchess is returned to my possession duchess uh you didn't catch before is my 63 um cadillac sedan deville <clears throat> and uh she had to have a little, a little bit of love on her paint job by um uh, our friend uh, um who's handling paint and body on that vehicle and now also on dave's car um my husband has a uh 57 Ford Fairlane so yeah I got her back she looks beautiful and I got to drive her I had to I had to drive around a little bit um the day I picked her up so it worked out kind of because I had an excuse to cruise her and the weather was nice It was the day before it snowed so I was just cruising all over the Dallas Fort Worth area on the Sunday in Duchess. It was, it was pretty And gorgeous. getting honked
0: at a lot.
1: Yeah. I didn't get honked at much, which is such a relief. That's because that's so startling, <laughs> but I did get a lot of waves. So that's good. Yeah. But yeah, I, not a lot of honks this time, but just a lot, a lot of waves. So I was like, I was, I was cruising, jamming, and like just doing the cool kid like, thanks, man, like wave, like where you nod and smile and thank people. Yeah. Right, that's man. I know. It. I was happy. I'm cool. Yeah. I was a happy yeah. camper. So Duchess is home and, um, and that makes the, the world happier place. Um, so, uh, yeah. So shout out, shout out to Javier for a good job on my car. It looks amazing. And, uh, can't wait to see what he does with Dave's next.
0: Woo-hoo. There we go. Yay. Yay. Our projects. Yes. So that that is the state of our drinking and our vehicles. I'm oh, sure you're and, and, and about. for
1: those that are maybe hadn't caught before, this is why I get so distraught and worried about when they are not being careful with baby's exterior because I know a vehicle of that size and that coloring being a dark car and that high gloss finish is a bitch and a half to fucking take care of um so a it makes me mad that it's pristine all the time because that's impossible but also I'm kind of jealous and b I know that every time something happens to that car it is impossible to hide it so there we go there's my
0: we'll see if you have the same (laughs) note about baby's exterior that i do because i have one that's coming up rather shortly all right so with that being said let's jump into this shit so i can i'm so excited about what we're going to talk about this week um (laughs) mainly because one this episode is terrible uh, this is a- actually known to be like one of the worst written episodes of supernatural but while it's terrible it also is great because there's a lot of good things that happen in it and then i'm super excited about the folklore this week and i'm going to stop saying super excited because i kind of want to punch myself in the face so i can only <laughs> imagine like what other people in a row. do i know <laughs> all right all right so, so but- give the background Yeah, so bugs, bugs, bugs. Uh, There is a terrible uh, Bob Dylan joke about like, what is is Bob Dylan's day on a picnic? And when ants come out and he's like, ew, bugs. So that's what I think about for like most of this is just Bob Dylan being like, ew, bugs. And there are also some other things this episode reminds me of. So this aired uh, November 8th, 2005. It was directed by Kim Manners and I'm sorry, I am an asshole and last week I referred to Kim as a female. Uh, not that we care about gender, blah, 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 blah. But uh, yeah, Kim Manners is a man, okay. so uh, he directed this episode. <laughs> sorry, Kim, didn't mean to insult you. Um, so the writers were Rachel Knave and Bill Coakley. Um, like i said background wise like this is one of the ones everyone's like ah you know we weren't really happy with some of the things that happened in this mm-hmm. uh there was i think a original idea for the folklore associated with bugs that maybe uh, w- uh they weren't allowed to pursue like their original passion of how they wanted this to go so it kind of went a different way so that could explain it uh also in general nobody likes fucking bugs so yeah. that could that also be why so but yeah that's pretty much the background i've got some other background stuff we'll talk about that are just going to be make you make your skin crawl as we go through this which mm. is also like I, why i can't wait to talk about this, this episode yes. all right so we're going to start off and we're opening on a mm. construction site and we're in oasis plains oklahoma Yes. all right we're in oklahoma
1: and, and my first thought upon seeing this because all we're seeing is oasis plains oklahoma at this point is there's some big ass houses for middle of nowhere oklahoma this better be near a big city which they answer a little bit later but that's okay so it's yeah. fine but at the time i'm like wait a minute i've been to oklahoma um so yeah you and your and so, fucking three percent beer yeah so yeah um Anyway, so it's the gas and power workers um, in the residential construction area working on these brand new big house, not, they're, I mean, big is I mean, relative, large residential homes, not mansions, upper middle class size homes. <clears throat> and um, the, one of the guys gets bit by a mosquito on his neck. Um, and while he's slapping that off, oh, did I jump ahead?
0: Did I miss something? Well, there, there was something that I wanted to bring up. and This oh. was the fat thing. So we're talking about the houses. So Travis says, man, those are some fat houses, huh? I'd like to live here. And I was like, ooh, he just used Mm -hmm. fat as in P-H-A-T. Like we are totally back in the early 2000s. Fat was used. Wasn't that
1: already dated by then to say that?
0: Oh, I'm sure. It was also, there's a a middle-aged white guy at a construction site going, these are fat. Yeah, I'm like. (laughs) That's hilarious. I missed it.
1: Man, that's (laughs) greatness. All right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So while he's he's talking about how these fat houses and (laughs) his uh, uh, supervisor or whatever is looking, marking the ground, looking for something. And while he's slapping a mosquito off his neck, All of a sudden, the the other guy falls into a sinkhole of some kind and obviously has a pretty gnarly compound fracture because he is bleeding from his leg and he's yelling for help from Travis. Um, While Travis is going to try to get a rope from the vehicle to pull him out, um, he starts getting um, covered by these beetles of some kind. They're just like first there's just a couple and you're like ew gross it's a hole in the ground there's gonna be bugs and then it gets real crazy and it's just like a swarm i guess i don't know what other word a swarm always seems like the air but yeah in the ground sure <clears throat> um climbing but all load. over him but buttload buttload is our scientific term for the day um yep. of these black beetles crawling all over him and by the time travis runs back to the sinkhole and looks down he sees his um sees a sees guy Dead, obviously. Like, he did. Blood, yeah. He did. Bloodshot eyes, blood coming out of all of his facial orifices. Orifices.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, side note on the buttload of beetles, that was 25,000 beetles. And those were actually Whoa. fucking beetles. That was Ugh. at that point. There's some things in here which are not real that are CGI, but that. Was fucking real, and they kept falling off of him. So like, they had like twenty five thousand beetles on this guy, and the beetles uh, kept falling off. So we I'm had to stay there, you. and they had to keep putting the beetles on they were him on his face,
1: his face, on his face. On looked, his face.
0: Uh... I didn't like that. Yeah. That's like
1: that's like a line. Like a lot of bugs is like bad. Once they're on your fucking face, oh god.
0: Yeah, nobody likes bugs on their face. Uh, and we also heard some kind of like Native American flute like playing in the background, which I think is, you know, a f- foreshadowing of what's going to happen. So that's in there. Um, yeah, so Travis is back. Um, I like how my notes, it says Tavis. Uh, so mm-hmm. Tavis is back and uh, it's too late, he dead. And then, yeah, I also thought the makeup though on the the, the Blight Orifice, I thought that was some some nice makeup work. I was impressed with that, I liked it
1: yeah i mean no, those are real beetles and then obviously that makeup work i was like okay this looks this looks legit this is scary okay then we cut to good old sam and dean hanging out at a biker bar um
0: yeah. So I want to talk about this part. So this, when they cut to this, so we've got Sam reading a newspaper on top of baby outside of a biker bar. And the visual is great. Cause it starts off with the reflection of the car. Like, so he's upside down and they have the reflection of the water and that comes yeah. up and then that goes to him. And then his foot is on the top of the hood. And I was like, this had to really piss Diana off. Cause it kind of pissed me off too. I'm like, you just have your foot on the hood. Like Get that's a dirty off
1: foot. The fucking car. Get off the fucking car. Get your foot off the fucking car. That's what I have to say about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, if your butt's on there, like, <laughs> I could kind of go with that. It still may scratch things, but then yep. you just put your goddamn foot on it, like, you're just leaving- In this muddy-ass parking footprint. lot? Yeah. like It's yep. not like
1: you're, like, walking on carpet. Come on now.
0: Nope, no. We know your shoes aren't clean, Sam. You're, <gasps> you're not cleaning <gasps> your shoes. But it's so awesome inappropriate however it's a beautiful shot and oh, we'll yeah. share the gif of that that it's just oh, brilliant goodness. beautiful like visual also. Awesome, but get your photography <laughs> <laughs> car okay all right, so then Dean comes uh, very ha- fantastically swaggering out of the bar with his wad of cash from Hustling Pool, which he's just, like, counting in the parking lot, which I'm like, this is a really great way to get mugged, but cool. All right, you're really happy. You made all this money. And, you know, they start kind of going off about, you know, we get some sort of background information them, too. It's like, hey, this is, like, Sam's not really happy when this is how they make their money. Like, you know, we can be honest. Um, but Dean's like, yeah, whatever. I made some money, and it was easy. And
1: Yeah, that was that was. I think Dean said something along the lines of honest versus fun and easy, um, and talking about how they were raised. That's how they were raised. And Sam says how we were raised is jacked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um, but yeah, so. Okay. He's looking at, Sam's reading about this medical mystery death, though, Um, and so that's kind of what, that's what Sam's bringing to the table to talk to Dean about, about what they need to go investigate next, which is obviously this death that we just witnessed, uh, not that witnessed but whatever, on the show. So um, they're talking about- <laughs> I wasn't there. I wasn't there. So um they're talking about in the, story, in the article in the news that say there was a brain disintegration in an hour and that they think it could be um, some kind of a mad cow disease, but- Yeah, but it still doesn't quite make sense.
0: Yeah, so supernatural Hermione fact. Okay, so in things that put me on list. All right, so mad cow disease. So I was like, so the reason why Sam said that it couldn't be mad cow disease, he was like, well, that takes days for it to go through. And this guy's brain basically melted in an hour um so mad cow disease that does, does occur when cattle consumes damaged proteins in the brain or spinal tissue of other cattle in their feed so i think we remember this some of us remember if you're if you're old enough when this was a thing And they even bring up the show like i saw it on oprah you know so there was a huge mad cow disease scare like i remember growing up and like this, this was this was the thing we were worried about then was like mad cow disease <laughs> yeah um So, but a variant of this disease called VCJD may occur in humans who eat meat contaminated with proteins from the brain or spinal tissue of a sick cow. So Mm. it's also, it's very rare, but in order to get it, you have to be eating the brains or the spinal tissue of a cow. Hmm. So don't eat brains, Mm. don't eat spinal cord. You're probably okay. Also don't feed your cows other cows. Uh, As a rancher, Not gonna feed my cows, other cows. That just seems like a terrible, terrible thing to put in their feed. Seems kind of gross and mean. Yeah. So it is a degenerative disease and it gets worse over time. So it's not going to happen quickly. And it damages brain tissue and it leads to symptoms like psychiatric problems, psychotic episodes, nerve issues like stinging, burning, or electric shock sensations in the extremities of the face, muscle jerks, poor coordination, vision problems, dementia, inability to walk, and, pro- and also comas. So government wow. programs and regulations have banned the practices that could lead to this, but um but also if you get it, there isn't a cure. Like you just die. So there is no known treatment for this. I guess you know, nobody wanted to research it or something. But so pretty much, okay, so if a cow gets this and they're getting mad cow disease and then you eat the mad cow, you're just gonna die. The mad but cow you're not you're going to get mad cow brain and mad cow spine. You could probably eat like mag, mad cow chuck roast. So like that'll be okay. Sirloin <laughs> will be fine. Um, you know, a filet mignon, a mad cow. Yeah, probably good. Mad um, cow mignon. <laughs> mad cow mignon. I'm sure there's a delicacy somewhere and there's some fucking asshole who is, like, has this on his farm to table mignon. He was like, this is the newest thing. It is mad cow mignon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so S- Sam was right that this is likely not Mac cow disease <laughs> okay well interesting yep. all right so they
1: are able to so that from here obviously they're going to go investigate and they are able to locate the good old travis the uh power worker um very quickly they pull up to the um power and light company and he's there in the parking lot right at that moment coincidentally so,
0: so convenient yeah so they uh, pretend to be Sorry, one other thing before they left, uh, as he's leaving, Dean says work, 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 which I think is a reference to Blazing Saddles. I just want to make sure that was called out because that was really hilarious. He was like nothing, work, work, work. And so when that happens in Blazing Saddles, the governor is playing with a girl's boobs. So it also was fitting. Um, anyways, okay. So back to o- Oklahoma Gas and Power. Uh, Travis is conveniently in the parking lot. Right,
1: go on. Yep, and they pretend to be. Um, well, yeah, they pretend to be the victim, um, the victim's nephews, and guy was kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're not his nephews, and then they are complimentary, so he believes them. Um, and so they they ask him some questions more about like, did, tying back into what you were talking about the disease. Like, did he seem like disoriented or been a- acting weird or not himself recently? And, um, the, uh, Travis is like, no, he's been fine. So that's why even weirder. So they're kind of further disproving the mad cow theory. Um, and then they ask Travis to say, Hey, can you tell us, show us, tell us where this happened? So obviously Travis gives them directions and, uh, they head on over to, um, the, the neighborhood, uh, as they're driving into, yeah, the- I call,
0: yeah, I call the neighborhood, the suburbs from hell, but okay. You uh-huh. can call it the neighborhood if you want.
1: Go on. Man, you, and, you and Dean are, uh together on that one i guess um so the sign uh, this is where you see the sign it actually says tulsa so this is obviously like a, a suburb or near near tulsa oklahoma um and then uh, i was like okay that makes more sense now <laughs> but um anyways so they um they get to the neighborhood and uh they decide that one of them needs to go check out the sinkhole go down into the sinkhole um and talk about then it's a i'll go no you go no i'll go like, whatever back and forth <laughs> um they say they're gonna flip a coin but sam just decides to go so gets tied up and
0: no sam decides to go because dean chickens him it's not just like okay i'll go i'll go and so pretty much dean basically calls him a pussy um but also this also shows you sam's age because i know like the older i have gotten the less likely i am to get like chickened into things like so when i i was in tulum with you for (gasps) your wedding and you went off to go to the pyramids Mm-hmm. um and it was like 110 degrees and you're like i'm gonna go walk up a bunch of stairs and i said no i'm gonna go swim in things because it's really humid and hot and i'm not gonna pay somebody to go walk up a bunch of stairs and you're like i look history and i'm like i like not having a heart attack. And- <laughs> But so on this adventure, uh, we're at this amazing lagoon. It's so beautiful. And so I'm standing on the top of like, there's this rope swing and I know I don't have a lot of upper body strength and I'm looking at this rope swing and I was like, well, if I swing on this, then I'll hit the water. If my arms give out because I'm a weakling, then I'm going to hit this rock that is below me. And I'm like, you know what? I am not gonna do this. And the tour guide started chickening me. And also that's a very strange tour guide to be like encouraging like your the people who are visiting with you to like attempt things that they're like, you know what? I do not have the physical strength to do this. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever been to you have been to Luma, Mexico. I would think our you know, most of our listeners have. There are a ton of like medical facilities that are like right by where I was in the middle of the jungle. And I was like, you know what? This is not how I want to spend Diana's wedding, which would be, you know, in trying to figure out where a hospital is after I smash my brains out on a lagoon. So, yeah. when you're older, so chickening,
1: the the, chickening the, 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 the impact of the chickening diminishes.
0: <laughs> it does. Age. It really does diminish. <laughs> so this is how um, we know Sam is a youngin because he's like, fine, yeah, I'll I'm gonna go down in there. Oh girl. right. So, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he gets
1: chickened into going. So he goes and he gets down there and he's like, oh yeah, there's like some beetles, but we're underground, so that's not shocking. But he brings one out with him, anyways. <clears throat> and um, they decide they need to go research if this anything like this has happened before. And then yeah, is there?
0: Yeah, and they're in the car. right? And they're talking yeah. about how like they're talking about the beetles. Yeah. And not, and I feel also always feel like you always thought we were talking about the beetles cuz so I feel like that's I want to be the talking Beatles. about Jordan a Beatles. Be- Beatles. Yeah, like a beetle. Say, and you know, so they said, you know, some beetles do eat meat. Yeah. So, this is another thing that put me on a list this week when I you know was googling how long does it take a beetle to def- deflesh a human corpse. Um uh, so, cause they're like, Hey, some beetles eat meat. Well, actually, so most beetles do Not eat live meat. Like they generally are scavengers, so they're usually going to be like going after carcasses. Um, But the flesh eating beetles are called dermestids. But they're used a lot by forensic by forensic scientists now, and also by taxidermists. So if they're like, "Hey, I have this deer skull, and I want to make it, you know, I want to get down to the bone, so I could put fake fur on it," which I never understood about taxidermy. You take all the stuff off, and then you put fake stuff on top of it. so, they'll throw dermastids on it and they'll like eat the flesh off the carcasses in skeletonization. And so, they can eat a deer skull in about three days. Okay. So, that would at least, and so, three days also that is time for them going to be a larva and then like hatching. And I'm sure some entomologists will call it and tell us many things I'm wrong about. Um, but so, they're not known to mention the living. They generally take three days to eat a deer head. So, uh, that's probably going to take him a little bit longer to eat this guy's brain. Yeah, this, this guy himself. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I would say fail. But, okay. Anyway, so, go on. So, so they're, dri- they're driving and they see a
1: sign about the open house for the neighborhood and something about free food. So, Dean suggests that they stop because... Yeah, food.
0: it's free barbecue. Uh, yeah. What the fuck do you... So- <laughs> if I see a sign for free barbecue, I'm like, fuck out, yeah, I'm stopping. Yeah. So, as they're walking...
1: um. They're in the excuse, obviously, they want to go talk to locals and see. if as they're walking, Dean expresses something similar to the sentiment you had about this neighborhood was that this looks like hell to live here with manicured lawns and hi, honey, I'm home, yeah. and blah, 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 like that whole thing.
0: Yeah, Dean said like a place like this would freak me out. And you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. damn right, Dean, it's fucking terrifying. This neighborhood is fucking terrifying. Cookie cutter houses, manicured boring. lawns. Yeah. To be that boring is terrifying to me. <laughs> like if you're that lame of a person that you want to live in a house that looks like everybody is in the house. And that I've had descendants of a suburban home, like going through my head ever since I saw this and I'm like, yeah, Milo, you're right. Uh, i don't want to be stereotyped uh, and i don't want to be classified uh, um and sam's like there's nothing wrong with normal and i'm like yeah fucking buddy there is and dean's uh, like i would take our family over normal any day and i was like oh yeah. uh so but also i think it's driving into a lot of the conflict that we're seeing even though this right. episode is poorly written you do um, get a
1: lot of that that relationship and the balance of the, what the background of the family relationships are in this episode for sure
0: yeah and it's really setting up this idea of you could be normal and be the black sheep and so having mm-hmm. sam be this black sheep and having under you know things that he doesn't understand is coming through but uh but also i'm team dean on this one fuck your suburban home um i would oh, I, much rather the suburbs live- and I love it that's all right though a, but you live in a very awesome cultured neighborhood now where things yeah. are unique. And I would much rather have the place that I live in be unique and like a representation of, of me and the people that are around me. And actually, I don't want people around me. I would rather have- people.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I guess it's a different perspective if you have like, potentially like small children they're in schools and things like that but neither of us have to worry about that but
0: you can still have good school districts and not live in a cookie cutter thing that's built like I don't know yeah it's
1: it's complicated but I don't mind I I have a I have a love of the suburbs so it's hard for me but I do not live in them now but all right so all right so they go to the open house they go in the backyard and um the guy um uh Larry who, Larry who is the developer um <laughs> is uh assumes they're gay which is cute makes a big point about we don't mind about your sexual orientation
0: um they
1: tell them they tell they tell and Larry this is Oklahoma
0: they do they they care <laughs> except yeah. say not Tulsa Tulsa's, Tulsa's actually like, pretty uh, Tulsa's, yeah, Tulsa's a pretty, is pretty cool
1: chill. town i like Tulsa but Tulsa Tulsa okay, so you are pretty chill so um so they say that they're basically they're looking for a place for their dad is what their excuse is to be shopping there at all um and uh, so he leads them over introduces his wife, and then she introduces them, hands them off to their head of sales, who also thinks they're gay. <laughs> but this time, Dean doesn't give a chance for that to be corrected, and just
0: yeah, and he just
1: runs <laughs> with it. He is like, "Yep, yeah, honey," He's like, yeah. I'm, like right. "I'm off." All right. So um, as uh, Dean goes off into the house to kind of wander around, ask more questions, and kind of check things out, and leaves Sam outside, um, you see Dean observe that there are some small like. Aquariums? Is that the word for Terrar- uh, terrarium. terrarium? Terrariums, yeah. Not Supernatural watering.
0: Hermione says, "It's terrarium. Aquariums oh, are filled with water, and terrariums are full of earth."
1: Um, I, I know better. I know better. So uh, he sees fun. some terrariums, and then, um, and we get back clip uh, back out to outside, and we see a tarantula creeping along the table <laughs> towards the real tur, the head of sales uh, hand, and a uh, young boy in the background. Uh, grinning so as a young boy so yeah so
0: so knowing what i know about you what was your reaction to seeing the tarantula i don't like it i mean that 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 didn't freak me
1: out as much because we've had a couple tarantula incidents in our neighborhood uh as a in the last couple (laughs) years which
0: is tarantula incidents
1: (laughs) As in is, it on, is it on?
0: Like, I was like, is that on? Like that? What's the suburban thing? The Ring app, or what's what's the what's the the Facebook next door thing? Next, next door. door. Is it on? Next door. Like, we saw a tarantula at our house. Have you seen tarantulas come to no. your house?
1: Uh, I had to unsubscribe. Next door is the devil. um But the uh but now we've had like we saw a, a few on our walking trail right by our house, and that was very distressing. A couple were dead, but one was not. And then there was one in our backyard uh, a few months ago. I was or like. Six but it was, I I was not a happy camper. But I was also kind of fascinated at that point because I'm like, well, I mean, I can, like Dave, well, Dave can smash it if we have to, but we didn't. Well,
0: and most, the tarantulas that we're going to see around here are generally not poisonous. And I was, you know, because my brother was, um, Lacking ovaries, um I was the one when there was tarantulas in the house that was called. My brother is older, so if the, he's four years older than me, so as a small child, when there were creepy crawlies in the house, I was generally the one who was called to take care of them, oh. and then I was told to kill the tarantulas and then I would just pick them up and set them free, because they're tarantulas mm-hmm. and they're pretty
1: i love spiders no no i don't like spiders i don't like
0: spiders
1: no arachnids um yeah so anyway so sam kind of sees this happening and um grabs it grabs it uh grabs the tarantula takes it over to the kid and kind of starts talking to him figures out that it's larry's son who's like kind of a the odd kid and dad's dad and him are not close um the dad larry runs out and he's just pissed about the whole thing because he his, his
0: and son's. sam does also the requisite like it gets better speech like you know yeah. eventually like these and so he kind of he bonds to the kid too and one thing i would like to say in terms of music in this episode and the netflix version when um they're about to go back in there is a song that's playing that's by bernie Morrison, and it's called poke in the butt and i just had to bring it up because there's a song called poke in the <laughs> butt that's playing during this part so go on sorry i just had to stop and say that so go on yeah um, so so anyway, so that the larry the
1: developer is mad at his son son had just had a chat with sam about how sam told him like things get better um and so sam and dean um uh depart at this point and they're talking about their you know different experiences with their dad where it's it's you know pretty i think enlightening about their characters despite the questionable quality of the show the episode overall but basically how hard sam feels their dad was on him uh versus dean and i'm seeing dean as the one that was because dean is more like their dad probably than sam because sam wanted different things
0: yeah and you know really the example that sam gives is you know he felt, basically he felt lesser because he wanted to play soccer rather than learn how to bow hunt right. and Dean doesn't get it. And there's part of me that's like, well, I don't get this either. Cause bow hunting is so much better than soccer. And I did play soccer and it was, I played soccer to make my dad happy. And, you know, there was, I, I, I empathize a lot with Sam in these situations, even though I am more a like to Dean and just being like, so yes, why would you want to play soccer? Like learning to shoot bows and arrows, like that is so much more fun. But, you know, I really felt like with, with my dad that I never really got that. I was the black sheep because I wasn't normal. You know, I was right. the crazy punk rock kid, but also, and I think it was, we we'll come to learn later in the episode. It was made, I think a lot of that comes to with the fact that I was so like my father that he had a hard time, like trying to relate to me because even though I was different, there were a lot of similarities between him. And so I think we're going to see as we go through this episode that a lot of this conflict comes from a father who really wants to protect his son at a son who doesn't under who's terrible at communication about it and so that you you end up with this child who doesn't feel attached and so we're seeing this reflected in both larry and matt and sam and dean talking about their dad and i think that's really interesting so as shitty as we're talking about the writing this episode was like there's a lot of stuff they're cutting through here pretty good but Anyhow, so we're going to go back off of the emotional diatribe and go back to bugs, more bugs. So yeah,
1: <laughs> around about, at this point they find out about another surveyor that's died, uh, this time of bee stings, uh, so we're keeping the bug theme going, right, and um, they have a conversation about, could the bugs be controlled? And there's a reference to Willard, but bugs instead of rats. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I call this name, this name, the supernatural entity. So there's a going through their list. So I feel like there's like this checkbox of like above their heads. Like, what well, could it be? Mm. And they're like, could it be hauntings? Like, no. And like, could bugs be controlled? And that's what Dean goes into the like Willard. So have you seen uh, the Crispin Glover version of Willard? Yeah. What did you think?
1: Well, he's he's a really <laughs> good actor. It's weird. It's fu- no, it's
0: fucking t- terrifying. That movie yeah. fucking terrified me. That is Kristen Glover is a weird ass motherfucker, oh. and that movie was a yeah. weird ass motherfucking movie. Yeah. And I like weird ass movies, but ugh, Willard. I, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I use the
1: word terrified. It was more like a like a heebie jeebie thing, like ooh. But no, it's just so creepy. yeah,
0: yeah. I, I heebie jeebies gets me more than like
1: slasher horror Yeah, no, i'm just mean, like
0: yeah. i'm like oh yeah. my god there's rats they're gonna eat my face ah. yeah so yeah so they're now they're trying to figure it out and they um
1: sam sam's driving at this point and dean tells him to pull over and dean says pull over so they can squat in one of the empty houses because <laughs> he wants to try <laughs> out the steam shower that the uh, sales rep was telling them about earlier um <clears throat> so they're going into this house and then we cut over to i mean the, wouldn't you i mean yeah why not yeah, it's a steam shower. Sounds lovely. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the they cut back to the 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 head of sales, the real estate agent, um, and um, she's getting home and like turn on TV and taking her hair down, you know, blah blah blah, cliche unwind single woman at home scene. Um, yes,
0: and we always like come and we take our hair out of the bun, like that's mm-hmm. every time I walk in the door, like yeah.
1: Undo the top button of our button-down blouse and take our hair down from our bun as we turn on the evening news.
0: Uh, Yeah, so on the evening news, though, I thought
1: the background, they're talking about um, uh, insecticide spraying for West Nile. That's what the news story at that uh, moment was about.
0: Do you remember when West Nile was what we were afraid of? I think we
1: still are. (laughs) They still spray for that here.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we're still it's afraid just, of West Nile. It's way less point. scary <laughs> at this point. Like, yeah. It's like, is West Nile, like, can you imagine if, like, West Nile was on the news right now? Like, would, oh, they, would they even put it on there? I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was funny. Uh, and then so, we see one of your favorite friends. Oh, this is this is the part
1: that gets upsetting to me. So Spider crawls out of her hair onto her face. And she brushes it off, But um, uh, and then she goes to get in the shower. And she's washing her hair and face and her eyes are closed and she opens her eyes and all the spiders, all of them, not some of them, not a few, all of the spiders start crawling out around from around the faucet or the shower the head. I will note that the CGI on this is fucking terrible.
0: Diana, it's not CGI. Well, part of it's not. So go on. The ones coming out from the shower head are. The ones coming out from the shower head are. But, but the ones like on gets- her. When she goes through the pink plate glass. Oh, yeah. That's she terrible. was really, she was lying buck naked, and they released 200 baby tarantulas on top of her face. Oh, no. Yeah. She must have, I hope she got paid well for that. I really hope she did, but that's a badass bitch. Like, that is oh. a woman who is earning her fucking paycheck. And do they tell you when you're auditioning or
1: like agreeing to the role I don't
0: know. I, I would hope that would be with, within oh, the role, but I mean, God. naked. She was not like in like a bodysuit or anything. She's oh. fucking naked, lying on the floor while baby tarantulas are crawling all over her. 200 of them. Oh. Oh. That's okay, so I think Diana just had a stroke. That's really okay. setting? Dean the really hug. I do hug. No, no, I feel like everything's be creepy crawling. Like oh my okay. god. Well, we can go All to right. a happier place now. <clears throat> we can go to Dean, Dean. in the shower. <laughs> in the infamous steam shower. The steam shower is not full of spiders. It's just full of delicious steam. And I honestly <laughs> was like, "What the fuck is a steam shower?" Like, <laughs> I really don't know. I don't know.
1: i was like I'm like
0: i'm not rich enough to know what a steam shower is like it looks really great and like this seems fine some stupid
1: gimmick and some shit that'll just break (laughs)
0: that's (laughs) (laughs) like this seems like a bad investment if you give me a rain shower i would be happy but i want a rain shower with options and not have the rain shower because every time i go to a hotel there's a rain shower i get pissed off because if i'm not washing my hair then i can't like i know you that's can't orange. even enjoy it. So if I don't want to wash my hair, if it's a rain shower, then I, <sighs> it's a whole thing. Yeah. So then you're just like sticking body parts of yourself into like the little bit of the shower coming yeah. down, yeah. and you're just like, oh. anyways. Okay. So, so Dean does come out with the towel on his head, and I when, thought because it was a Sam door go, door Sam goes
1: to find <laughs> Sam goes to find him because he hears something on the police scanner about a death, and that's when Dean pops his head out with his towel wrapped around his head, enjoying that steam shower. So um, cute. So it's this is all this is the next morning, by the way. So they they drive over to where this this death supposed uh, occurred that they heard about, and they see Larry the developer again. Um, he tells them that it's the um, director, the head of sales, or whatever that died, um, but they don't know the cause. He just identified the body for the police. Um, and so they decide. That, Dean and Sam obviously decide they need to get inside the house because they want to see if there's bugs. Um, and Jeez, so. Man
0: so they break in after the police leave uh, <laughs> this is my note on this like easy. dean and sam are hopping fences breaking and entering you know the family business <laughs> yeah so they go in um and um they do see just, yeah they also again walking over the crime scene <laughs>
1: like just yeah. strolling I around they- a crime scene no biggie
0: Maybe the cops didn't think it was a crime scene, but there's definitely things that are outlined that would insinuate that the cops thought it was some kind of crime scene. And yeah. so Oklahoma police are up there also with the Midwestern, so yeah. go Tulsa, guys. You're, yeah. on, you're on board. I have watched you in the first 48, and you do seem to be in your game, so just shout out okay. to Tulsa police. But um, yeah, yeah. So
1: they um, they do see evidence of spiders, and, um, and Dean asks if it's from Spider Boy, meaning Matt, the, the developer's son. <laughs> So they do, they do something completely not creepy and follow the school bus to watch the kid get off the <laughs> school bus because that's not something that'll get you arrested. Um,
0: oh, not in Oklahoma. Apparently. Um, so
1: they see, you know, so they see him um, walk into the woods by himself, not towards his home, and they decide to follow him into the woods. And yeah, they that's find also
0: him. not creepy. So yeah, we're we fo- followed fo-
1: the follow school bus.
0: We followed the teen we'll we followed follow the into teenager the to the woods. Yeah. Yeah um and he's playing with a bug was it a prairie mantis or a walking stick I
1: couldn't tell it was huge it almost looked like something different but it was like something between the two I don't know I think it's like isn't there a leaf bug that looks kind of like that uh, something like that I don't know
0: maybe if you're an entomologist mm-hmm. let us know yeah. but yeah I mean um, I, yeah. it was a that looks like the ones that I would play with as a kid because I thought they're really cool and they are cool yeah, bugs it's a cool, like a bug. it looks like especially looks prairie like- mantises who eat men so um it looks
1: like it looks like something that would you know hang out with newt's commander so it's cool um <laughs> and so um he figures out you know with them kind of like trying to like they're kind of trying to chit chat and kind of break the ice with him a bit he figures out that they aren't actually house hunting um he denies any involvement in any of the these bug incidents um but no. Yeah, and he never
0: asks like are you pedophiles <laughs> like why are you why are approaching people in the yeah. woods
1: um he knows about other I- insects like he implies he knows about other insect deaths and wants to show them something further into the woods so now he's being creepy um and um he, he just knows that something's going on with the bugs um you can tell that sam really empathizes with matt dean doesn't get it um and uh that's just part of the the differences in personalities here so they stop in a clearing um and the kid kid points out that matt sorry points out that i think he's a teenager but whatever it's a kid um he points out that, that the bugs have been congregating there and you can kind of get that vibe from the shot like there's it's, it's a buggy fucking clearing uh and yep. sam sees kind of like a mound or sorry dean sees kind of like a mound uh, across the way and um so Sam goes over and digs in and uh pulls out a skull from this mound of I worms. Okay.
0: Yeah. So one on this, my notes are ew, 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 ew. It's a mound of worms. Yep. And then Dean kicks it and pokes it with a stick i'm mm-hmm. like uh, well you know i often poke things with sticks that's fine and yeah. then you put a hand in there yeah. like put it you put your put your hand in a fucking mound of worms like mm-hmm. what what the fuck is wrong with you like there's a mound of worms like what why are you putting your hand in there no no
1: it's like uh, legit like when they do like the halloween party and you do the blindfold and they yeah, have a bowl the bowl of blind noodles, you the bowl of noodles. In, yeah. yeah that's like this is that level of worms that's what i think yeah
0: yeah, yeah. uh but to go back to kind of the character show, my empathization, um, I think what was really interesting, you know, when they were talking about when Sam's going through the, hey, I get you, and Sam's like, hey, you know, you can go to college soon, and yeah. you're going to get out of the yeah. house, and you are get away from your dad, and Dean's like, what kind of advice is that? Like, you kids should stick with your family, and I think mm-hmm. this is like, clearly, obviously, it's like, they're not, you know, taking anything personally at this point. <laughs> not um, at all. But not at all, no, but Again, like we're really getting into like this backstory of like you can tell like that's what Sam wanted to do. Sam wanted to escape and go to college, and I get that. I fled my house at like as soon as when I graduated high school when I was sixteen, I fled my house. I like was as soon as I turned eighteen, like I just was out the door. Um, But so I get that. But also I understand Dean being like not getting it, being like family is important. Why are we disrespecting this? But and then they go from that to shoving their hands in a disgusting pile of worms. so anyway so back to the disgusting uh disgusting worms so dean like you know puts his hand in there and he takes out a skull and yeah. so this seems like terrible archaeological digging for me and like this seems like a bad way to handle evidence but whatever yeah. and if we and we're going to learn in a second that they dug out a, they, they a stuck bunch. their hand in there a lot
1: yeah because apparently they do that but as they're driving off they're like there was a bunch of skeletons in an unmarked grave. It's like, oh, how many were there? All we saw was that one skull. But basically, they're um, they they continue, they're, they're continuing their conversation about their relationship with their dad at this point. Um, and it kind of uh, feeds a little bit more um, about how Sam felt so disconnected from his family. Um, because he felt like you know, his dad and Dean did like did the same things and enjoyed the same things and he didn't want to do those things. And Dean makes a reference to Sam being like the blonde chick on the Munsters,
0: which why was <laughs> amused by but. which is which is Maryland. Yes um isn't yes. the Munsters house is in Dallas, right?
1: Uh yeah, to south
0: of Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, which we still haven't gone to, and I really do want to I go visit that. But, but yeah, we need to go so, to Grace outside the Munster's house. Oh, don't tease uh, me. Yeah. So on so, this, too, so, a couple of things that I noticed on that. So mm-hmm. at least when they're walking, Sam had the the common sense to cover up the box of bones to the jacket. Mm-hmm. So at least like he wasn't walking through campus with, with a bunch a of bones. Of, with a bunch of bones.
1: I'm just impressed that the, there's you know that that large of an anthropology department at this college um, in the outskirts of Tulsa somewhere. So there we go. Um, well,
0: actually, you know, I mean, I'm betting they actually probably do have a pretty good anthropological. And if fair, you're talking fair. about like OU, is OU Tulsa or is that no Oklahoma City? I don't know where it's colleges are. Area. Uh, but still. but, but either, either way, I was just though, so kind of like, I was like, eh. With a large indigenous population of there, I would think there would actually be pretty some pretty good things there. But um, yeah, so, and I do have... I feel like I lost some things in here, but, um, so other things too, like, you know, when they're, when they're going through this and one of the things I thought was really important was like Sam noted that he got a full ride and yeah. looked at his dad and, and he got into dad a fight over there.
1: Yeah. His dad was not happy. He had a full ride and that felt like his dad was always disappointed because he wanted to be normal. And I think that's a disappointment's a key word here. And that's why I noted that too. So.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, and Dean really kind of reveals a bunch of stuff that Sam never thought about, which was that dad wasn't disappointed. He was scared. Yeah. And so really thinking about the relationships that are going to come between John and Sam and Dean. John's a dad. We don't know about that yet. <laughs> but, um, so, but really kind of that idea of, he was so hard on him because he was afraid for him. And that does, you know, but also like you have terrible communication because you're not telling him this is like why I'm lashing out at you and why I'm so afraid. I think yeah. it's really important. Uh, so I thought I had notes on this. Oh, this is one of those instances where our printer skipped out on a page. But I can I can tell you right now what I was thinking about this fucking professor. Mm. Okay, <laughs> so they go into the anthropology department and they hand the professor a box of bones. And yeah. Yeah. the professor, this is one of the things that I know I was Googling. It was like, can you tell how old bones are by looking at them? <laughs> because the guy just picks up the box of bones He's and is like, like, well, no, this is old thing." <laughs> these are 200 years old and, yeah. um, they are from, they're Native American. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so what can we tell by looking at them? Then I was kind of like, well, if he works in this area, he's probably, he is probably, <laughs> sorry, Diana's trying to open a bottle of wine or something, and it's really funny. Um, oh, she's opening okay. a bottle of gin. Um, so, there are a number of things that you can tell about bones like by their age by looking at but actually being able to date this is a little hard uh, so, because he says like they're 170 years old, give or take, the time frame and geography heavily suggest Native American. So, if he's an anthropology professor who's maybe participating in archaeological digs, maybe he is handling bones within this area. So maybe he's used to seeing them, and they look like bones of other sources he's seen from that time. Um, I still don't think that he could just look at these for two seconds and be like clearly 170 native american maybe if there is like facial features or other things that reflected into the skull Perhaps you can see that. Uh, So Donald Sidwick, who is a researcher, professor in the anatomy neurobiology department at the School of Medicine. So basically says, you know, the condition of bones is pretty much dependent on where you put it. Um, You can't just look at a bone and say it's two years old. Um, And if you can't, you can say it's recent or you can say it's old, but you can't really like pinpoint stuff without carbon dating. I do think it's interesting that scientists have like a weathering, Scale they look at. So, about they have a process called weathering, which is a component of a new word I learned this week. It was taphonomy, which, Mm -hmm. yeah, taphonomy. Uh, So, Basically, they put them on the scale, and so forensic scientists say, like, if it's a zero, it's not leathered at all, and a five means, like, the bone is crumbling into dust and splinters, but how mm. quickly that happens is dependent on a lot of things like light from the sun, minerals from the groundwater, heat, humidity, wetting, drying, freezing, and thawing. All these things are scarce, um, so could Professor have just opened up this box of bones and been like, I know who these are. No, no, I don't think so. No, but he does tell them where the local,
1: um, uh, uh, tribal, um, the local tribe is that he can go talk to though. So, so Sam and Dean decide they're going to go visit to try to find out what, what's going on and why there's these bones there and what legends are around there. So they get out to the, um, um i didn't
0: was it a reservation i guess you know. so, it's, like a no, more so it's a community so yeah. um this is the yuchi tribe and we'll talk a little about this in lore okay. um but the Yushi tribe do live outside of Oklahoma. Um, and at this point, like most people, you know, the most tribal indigenous communities are necessary, like reservationists. You just right. end up having yeah. a land community. that is, is yeah, it's the land that ends up being sovereign to their land. Um, so it's not going to, you know, be. I've been on different tribal lands where you just go in and sometimes there's just a sign that says you're entering this territory. But they end up at a cafe. who uh, said yeah. it was like a Sepulchre cafe or something. Yeah. And they're just like, you know, we're looking for Joe Whitetree. And they walk in and they're like, You, you, you look like the- a wise and old Native American. Like
1: You must be you must be the man they're looking for. <laughs>
0: yeah, clearly.
1: And they try to tell him they're students and he calls them out and says they're lying. And then Dean tries to say something else and he's like, no, you're a liar still. I don't like you. And so Sam starts to talk and uh, ask him specifically about Oasis Plains. And then there's like, okay, I like you. So I will tell you stories and, and tells them, um, uh, about uh, the story of the relocation of uh, well, the attempted relocation of their I guess, the actual relocation of their, of their, uh, um, their past uh, tribe. So, um, basically so the thing he says about it do you want me to tell or are you gonna jump on you're gonna you're gonna legacy so
0: it's I'll it's gonna, gonna go my... it's it's gonna go to lore but i you know so okay so the elder
1: tells them about you know what he tells them that the sun in the moon on the night where the sun and the moon shared the sky um the calvary the US calvary came in to relocate them and that they weren't moving so they murdered and raped everybody that their whole settlement um coming back six nights in a row doing this until they were all dead um, and except for on the sixth night, the chief said that um, no white man um, will live on will live on this land again. Basically, that nature will rise up and bring as much misery to uh, to whoever tries to live there as the cavalry brought to their tribe. And uh, and after the sixth day, none would survive. So he's basically the concept is i guess setting a curse on whoever tries to live on that land because the calvary tried to remove them from it
0: and murdered and raped everybody
1: well yes i mean they they tried to remove them and instead of removing them they i mean i guess well that's technically removal it's just not typically think of so yeah murder and rape them all yeah
0: yeah and so and then they're talking about this and they're like oh wait that they figured out that that was happening in this the spring, spring yeah on spring equinox yes, and the the, this and the is the sixth night was since that and mm-hmm. i think what's interesting is dean says you no know, you can't break a curse no
1: you just have you to get, get out, out of there. its
0: way and you mm-hmm. yeah you run right off you get everybody out which you think is a very interesting occult perspective for a show
1: yeah
0: um i think a lot of shows like would go through and like try and figure out what they could do you see this in um i don't think you're that part of buffy Have you not gone to thanksgiving yet um you're no, but, they try to, but they try to break curses all the time yeah but there. they break curses all the time so and i think in a lot of shows like you'll come up and you'll have like this curse was set and we're gonna like what are the Undo- things we're gonna do to stop it yeah and i just think it's a very interesting choice to be like nah you can't, you can't stop this like you mm-hmm. just need the fuck out so i think I, I just thought that was a very interesting perspective um mm-hmm. so but this does it really is leading us into leading us into the lore diana you excited lore sorry i cannot. addison's voice and lore is one of the most amazing things i've ever heard okay so <laughs> So, all right, so let's talk about this legend a bit. Uh, so we're going back into what Joe White Tree says. And so Joe White Tree says, 200 years ago, a band of my ancestors lived in that valley. One day, the American Cavalry came to relocate them. So the UG people, um, uh, sometimes it's spelled Y-U-C-H-I, other times E-U-C-H-E-E, depending on what you're researching. Uh so these were a tribe of, of indigenous people that were forcibly removed from the southeast of the United States during the periods of 1820 to 1850 to what was called the New Indian Territory, which is now Oklahoma. So that was what is set aside for tribes displaced from their native homelands. So timing wise, we're going to see some things that are kind of wonky on that. Uh, so the thing about so the United States, of course, did not differentiate between the Yuchi and the Creek, even though they spoke different languages. Uh, so the two tribes were both removed from the Southeast in 1830 and given a land allotment in Oklahoma. And the Yuchi settled the northern and northwestern portions of Oklahoma, and they're still seeking recognition as a tribe that's separate of the Creek Nation. So uh, again, the 200 years may have been a little early unless what he was saying was a different Band than the actual Yuchi, because mm. we never actually find out whether or not Joe White Tree is part of the Yuchi tribe right they just said hey Yuchi mm-hmm. you're near here and here's this guy so it could have been like a separate group of Native Americans right. that were near there um, so it's possible um, and of course you know, also once they were relocated to Oklahoma um, horrific shit was still happening yeah. um, particularly the Civil War Um, so once they moved, like, so 1830, they get moved to Oklahoma and the civil war happens so, uh, they were trying to enlist, um, the, you know, the tribal people to fight on sides of the Confederacy. There is a whole bunch of things that were going on. So that could have been the American cavalry they're referring to, it could have been the Confederacy or the union. Like, I don't know, like that could have something I'm really trying, I'm stretching on that, but you know, were there any cursed Uchi lands in Oklahoma? Not that I can found, but you know what? I mean, I'm not going to leave this without talking about something spooky, like in something spooky that's related to this. So, Hmm. and something that may scare Diana, because that's pretty much my goal of all of these Uh. is to scare Diana. And, you know, we're Texas girls. So I always want to bring this home if I can. So we're going to talk about Old Town Spring. Hmm. So do you know where Old Town Spring is, Diana? Not Not offhand. Okay, so it is about 20 miles north of Houston off I 45. So if you're ever traveling between Dallas and Houston and you see Spring, Texas, Old Spring, it's right there. You drive through it all the time. You're (laughs) driving through one of the most haunted cities in Texas. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. I I
1: already hate that drive. You're making it so much worse.
0: I know, I am. Because now your (laughs) drive is going to be full of ghosts oh so okay as always you know, sources are going to be posted in our show notes um majority of this information does come from haunted old town spring by kathy nance who is a paranormal investigator who does live in spring um, so the curse of old town spring is said to be from the uh, I don't know, apologize, and I'm getting to you know, fuck up these names. The Akokisas or the Orkokisa Native Americans, who were with some of the first settlers there, and their curse said that if anyone cut down cuts down a tree or builds anything on the land there, there would be a fire. So the Orkokisa, which means River People, were the first known settlers of this area. They were, and still remain, one of the most unknown of the Native tribes within North America. In the mid-18th century, they lived in five villages along the lower course of the Trinity and the San Jacinto Rivers and up along Galveston Bay. And they were purported to have practiced cannibalism, which may have been connected to their religious beliefs. Cannibalistic feasts were described by Samaras de Beliso, uh, who did observe them while being held captive in the early 1700s so this is also a guy who was being held captive so friends assaults you know you're you're being held captive nah, I don't know if I believe everything you say So early 18th century explorers did find about 3,500 Orkisa living around Houston in a major village that was located just across from Spring Break, uh, Spring Break, (laughs) 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 from Spring Creek. Uh, But by the 1850s, most of the tribes had merged with other tribes or died from European diseases, of course, they didn't have any immunity. So kind of dispersing from the area and there's this is kind of a gray area here because that says by the 1850s. But in 1820s colonists were starting to settle the area. So mm. I'm not sure what was happening over this overlap of like 1820 to 1850 where they were still in the area. Like I'm sure there's some somebody has some great research on it, but I couldn't find it. Um so but the 1820s colonists were coming in here. They established a trading post in 1838. 1840s the Germans start coming And so in 1871, the railroad comes and the railroad workers named the town Camp Spring after they had a real shitty Texas winter. And they're like, we really want spring to come. So they named it Camp Spring because they were tired of snow or however cold it was um so but basically they make a base of operations are there and the camp is dropped and just becomes spring and that's spring texas so we're looking at like around 1910 the town's growing we got 1200 people we got a sugar mill some cotton gins only five saloons which after last week's of text arcana i'm like five saloons motherfuckers like you're yeah. not like well let What a letdown. They did have an opera house, uh, a hospital, a bank, some hotels, three churches, schools, and they did have a gambling hall. So at least we had at least like five saloons and a gambling hall. We got some sit-in spots. Yeah, some (laughs) sit-in spots. Um, But so 1915, uh, for those of you who have not had to sit through the years of Texas history classes that Diane and I have have, there was a major hurricane in Galveston, and that caused a horrific uh, mark on the town and things kind of start dwindling there um and as you'll come to hear in the stories this actually does have an impact on the ghosts in the area but the town kind of like yeah kind of meters out and then back in, we get to the 60s and things starts going up again because we have the oil boom that's happening so people mm-hmm. are moving to houston um and they also start establishing things like the texas crawfish and music festival and yep. um, my college roommate, her dad, and his wife always play that festival. I've always been meaning to go. It sounds like fun because, you know, mud bugs and Cajun music, music and beer. I like these. Near,
1: near a beach, even if it's a shitty beach. Sorry.
0: Yep. So on to the spooky places. And there are so many. There's so many. I'm only like going to hit like the highlights. And there's still like, it was hard to like hold these down to the ones I thought would scare Diana the most. I mean, the ones I thought were the best. Um, so we're gonna start off with Spring State Bank. So this is said to be one of the most haunting buildings there. Oh, also like we can go to spring and we can go take ghost tours there if you want to. I'm just saying. Um, Okay, so the Spring State Bank, which is now Mallets Hardware and Variety Store, uh, it was first built as a wooden bank in 1910. In the current location of the restaurant known as Puffa Belly, and oh my God, their name is Puffa Belly. I um, go just for the name. Yeah, and Puffa Belly also hosts Old West melodrama productions. Oh, yeah, no, man. I want to go. I want to go see some old small town Old West melodrama productions. You know, they're just I'm amazing. Sure. They also have Texas wine and art festivals there at Puffin mm. so Okay, so this the Spring State Bank that was built in 1910, it, it burns down in 1917, and they rebuilt the bank building in its current location, which is now the hardware store. And some of these things get a little confusing because things keep getting burnt down and rebuilt in other places. But, okay, so the bank burns down. They rebuild it at where the hardware store is now. Um, So while it's there, there are several robberies at that bank in the early 30s, complete with gunfire. So you can go there and you can see bullet holes in the wall, although some of them are not bullet holes. Um, One robbery was said to have included one, Mr. Clyde Barrow. So... Yep. yeah cliff yep, representing there after they and so according to the story after they robbed the bank they fled they met up with a woman who did resemble bonnie parker Ooh. so it's never been confirmed but somebody did steal seven thousand and three hundred and eighty dollars and i'm just gonna say it was bonnie and clyde because i can so yeah uh, bonnie and clyde totally robbed this bank just going yep. with it um, so the building is known to have mysterious noises um that happen upstairs and nobody is around. Psychics claim there is a big nose man there who haunts it and he tried to stop the robberies and he couldn't, and so he's always haunted it. But whoever leases a space never stays this long. Um so and this is one of those things that get confusing, but so the bank does burn down again, and in 1970, like a laundromat was there, and that burned down um So, we get things that are burning down. And then in 2005, a paranormal team went out there to investigate and they caught some white mist and a picture they think is a man in a 1920s hat. And I've seen the picture and I'm like, mm, sure, that's mm-hmm. a man in a 1920s hat. I'll go with that. And Hogged Adhesion has also done some ghost box sessions outside of the, the building and has gotten some results. Okay, so that's a big. So, then we have Whitehall. So Whitehall is one of the original homes that was built in 1895, and I love this. Outside of the house, there is a sign that has a history of it, and it says, Built in 1895, 1900, Mrs. McGowan's boarding house, 1920s, Klein resident, 1930s, funeral home, 1940s, -hmm. converted into apartments, 1950s, church and schoolhouse, 1960s, hippie commune. (laughs) Good <laughs> lord that is quite the run and then 1970s it turns into commercial offices what a letdown after all that
1: but wouldn't it be rad if your office was in that i mean like not really because you know,
0: apparently no but actually the people who are there do love it right now um, but also i love the hippie commune part like if you put that on there I'm like, what hippie commune was there what did they do i want to know more about the hippie commune Okay, also, and you're going to love this fact, for more than 30 years, it was reported a colony of more than 200 bats lived in the attic. What? So there's a, yeah, so there's a bat colony there. Yeah. Yes. But so one of the major stories that are associated with Whitehall is in 1933, a couple got into an accident when the young man drove off a bridge and their car hit the ravine. Their bodies were taken to Whitehall, which was then the funeral home. And their couple has become known as the courting ghosts of Whitehall. So activity that's been seen at this house includes noises, things being moved, and full-body apparitions of com- the that, that couple swinging on the upstairs porch. Ew. In the 1940s, there was a treehouse that was built in the back. This is when it was apartments. And it said the ghost couple would scare the boys away by making noise and rattling the treehouse um currently right now this is being ha- uh the current residents are a company called spirit quest they are a retail gift and crystal shop they offer psychic readings massage, reflexology etc they also host psychic and holistic fairs and non-covid times they also have dinner with a ghost we need to go have fancy food and investigate no. ghost hauntings and Diana's Hell. face is like no and i'm like yes no. yes Hell. Yes. Hell yes no
1: Okay. I was thinking it'd be a great business model if they could teach the ghosts how to do massages. It would save so much money. The overhead. Oh my God, that
0: would be the best. Like, it's like, yeah, and you just like sit off on the side playing on your phone and there's a ghost there just like, <sighs> the oh, I love stuff. this cold stone massage. Cold stone massage. So we get yeah. we get my thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So that's Whitehall. Yeah. Then we have the train tracks so uh the tracks are at 100 main street and they were kind of responsible for the original boom right so most towns kind of flare up when somebody moves in and yeah. railroad tracks are established there uh but in 1915 the hurricane destroyed the train depot and uh, and then in night so we, that gets destroyed in 1915 then in 1921 a steam engine near the crossing derails in 1974 a gasoline truck got hit by an oncoming oncoming train and there are two fatalities mm. there in 2007 a van was hit by a train causing three fatalities and in 2015 uh, 13 cars derailed not far from the crossing uh, so there's no fatalities but that seems like okay we're already getting a lot of things that are happening yeah. in restraint tracks like shit keeps happening people are said to see eerie lights coming from the tracks they see orbs shadows and figures signal lights come on but there's no train coming so you're like sitting at the 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 train tracks and like ding 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 happens and like things lower down and no train ever comes Mm -hmm. uh One guy thought he saw an oncoming train, so he stopped his car. There was no sound. But then he felt a rush of cold air and saw a headless man in overalls approaching, waving a lantern, which I think is really weird because there's also – remember uh, we don't talk about this podcast, but I was watching a, a paranormal show on Saratoga, which is a big thicket in Texas. That's about an hour away from here. And people see that same apparition, which is a headless guy in overalls carrying a lantern. So, and we're going to come back to this dude in a minute, but I just think it's interesting that we he's seen here and then about an hour away. Um, maybe on the same railroad tracks. I don't know. All right. So that's the, that's the train tracks. Now we're going to talk about Puffa Bellies, and it just also reminds me of like puffins, and and just sounds like a Harry Potter character. Mm-hmm. Like like a little, you, do you not have a Puffa Belly? Like it seems like something yeah. you can get in Diagon Alley. Yeah. Um, so, so Puffa Bellies is a restaurant. um, this was built in the original location of the bank, which burned down in 1917. Mm-hmm. Spring decided that they needed to replace the old train depot because the, the one that was destroyed by the hurricane. So they found a depot that was built in Lovelady, Texas in 1902, who built the same one? The same guy who built that depot. So they bought the building, deconstructed it, brought it back to Old Town Spring, and hmm. rebuilt it in the 1980s. And it sat vacant for a while then Pasabele came in and they opened it in 1995. Um, and then it burned down in 1999. Wow. Because I see it burning down there. But the sightings there include the previously mentioned headless switchman. And they think this goes back to 1902, shortly after the Loveland Depot was built. The switchman was trying to flag down a train going the wrong way. And he was running with his lantern, tripped, fell out of the train, and was decapitated. Uh, so. The, the Lovelady folks saw him in Lovelady before they took down that depot and moved it to, uh, to Spring. So they think that the ghost came with what they rebuilt. So that's Puff bellies. Then there's Wuncha Brothers. So this is one of the oldest structures. And it was built around 1902. And the original owners, Dell and Willie Wuncha, are said to haunt the barn. Carl Vuncha Sr. bought the house in 18, bought the property in 1862, and there had been a cafe there, but it had been destroyed by a tornado. So oh, they yes. salvaged wood from the, that cafe that got destroyed by a tornado to build the saloon. And so that was a hotel, it was a brothel, and a saloon, and it was the last bar to be closed by Harris County when Prohibition started so the sheriff's department from harris county came in they took all the liquor out and they shot it out in the street like fucking evil this is how you know negative energy is someplace i know they took out all the like you couldn't just like have people drink them like you had to take them out like like animals shoot them in the street like oh so awful so wrong so wrong Yep. So this saloon was said to be haunted by Dell, um, who was one of the original owners, also a little girl, Ooh. and mm-hmm. also Uncle Charlie, who fell in love with a woman who didn't love him back. And so basically he lived the rest of his life in an upstairs bedroom, and he was just depressed. But he hid Whoa. his depression from the rest of the guests. So he was like a really good like, person who worked there, but then he was, when he wasn't working, he was just hiding in his room of an artist who stayed in uncle charlie's room had a disturbing dream about an upset man who was pacing back and forth and he sketched what he saw in his dream and it was a spitting image of uncle charlie Uh, so staff who work there report being touched and also also see like full-body apparitions telephone receivers are thrown on the floor uh music is changed water turned off and on uh and the really like things would get really batshit if like staff rearrange furniture or move things. Like, if they did that, then things would be moved around, the doors would be locked, tables and chairs would mm-hmm. be knocked over because they're like, mm-hmm. Uncle Charlie did not like change. But then four years ago, it caught fire. Oh man so this
1: was a place lot, lot of
0: down yeah this so goes back to fires. that curse right like if you build things here things are gonna catch fire and um, so this actually has been rebought and rebuilt by a um a family out of houston and f- according to their facebook page it says they're opening soon and hiring so if you want to go work with uncle charlie's ghost uh look up
1: uh maybe, the he, was freed. Brother.
0: maybe he was freed by the fire sure yeah, Uncle Charlie is free now. And so, yeah, if you want to get work with non a non-haunted place, go look it up and you can have a, a good time there. Uh, so also, of course, nothing is complete without talking about cemeteries. So the Venture brothers, who are like one of the most prominent towns, they also had a cemetery. And so this is a cemetery for their family. It's off between I-45 and the access roads. So I'm sure you've driven by it. Mm-hmm. It has fewer than twenty graves, and the oldest is the oldest grave is that of a five-year-old child. Uh, the tombstone dates range from 1885 to 1995, and it does include the granddaughter of Carl Vunce Senior, Elena Vunce. And in 1929, Elena and her brother were on their way to Houston, where she worked as a cook for a family on the weekends. They stopped by a bar in Aldine for a drink. They left and they parked in a lover's lane what have we learned about lover's lanes diana you get fucking killed if you chill out and make it out in a yep. lover's lane That's she got fucking comes. killed in a lover's lane God, so um so edward's body her boyfriend was found shot outside the car elena was found further down the road with shots in the back they think she was running when they shot her in the back and guess what unsolved <laughs> cannot solve lover lane's murders yeah never. so what they never we learned, children solved. yep don't fucking park go to your goddamn house and make out
1: if you go hook up in a car you're either gonna get a strained back pregnant or dead
0: that's yeah. my summary yeah. on that for you or also <laughs> or like you're gonna hit you like hit your emergency brake and things are just oh. gonna go sliding down the hill i think once though i did get out of a car to, when i was making out with somebody because the, the back seat was so uncomfortable and this was in like a bubic 84 which is basically you should think like that's a fucking boat still uncomfortable for two people to try and like be making out in a back seat and so we were like when I'm, like let's make out in the grass and then i got bit by a bunch of ant bunch of fire ants oh, so no, that is yeah. not a sexy feeling yeah no. Yeah. so cemetery yada 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 people see ghosts there because it's a cemetery so there's people there okay so those are the most of the ghosts but some other two other fun facts i want to leave before we, we get out of Laura. one is the greater church of lucifer opened up mm. a church there at october 31st 2015 and bless you guys for opening your church of lucifer on halloween that's fucking awesome Mm. um but basically uh the town would fucking ape shit and there are protests everywhere you can go on youtube and there are still like tons of things about like all the protests and all like people being like oh no satan's moving in here um but there is theories that these protests just let more like anger and negative energy to the area to where they're at because the building that the Church of Lucifer was in um, was already said to have ghosts in it. The back right. part of the building apparently has two spirits living in them, including another little girl. Ugh. Stop. Uh, fucking ghost children. Ghost children. <laughs> fucking ghost children. And the, uh. And the last part, which is not really a haunted thing, but I have to put... Somebody fucking did this. So on one street in Old Spring on Gentry Street someone decided to open up a retail store named the doll hospital and it's not historic but you know you've got a town full of paranormal shit and Mm. you're gonna build a place for fucking dolls what is Mm. wrong with you so the dolls in there date back to the mid 1700s um i did learn that pedophobia is an irrational fear of dolls which sounds like something that's much worse than what it is Mm -hmm. but also i don't think it's irrational dolls are fucking creepy it's it's a very rational fear um And the Kingwood paranormal group did go there and you can go on YouTube. You can see the video of where they have a ghost box outside of the doll hospital. And they ask questions like, how old are you? And the responses are like five, seven, eight. And then like somebody asks, are there evil dolls in there? And you hear you betcha. Uh, Mm-mm. so but there technically there's no stories of hauntings of any of the dolls and in kathy nance's books she says all of the dolls need places to live and need your consideration taking one home well nope so kathy i thank you for all your historical research but fuck you not and taking any goddamn dolls home nope 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 i think I, it's almost like the name
1: doll hospital is more upsetting uh, like, it, it makes so me want to like upsetting. vomit a little bit like
0: ugh. <gasps> Ugh, I like it. is that a vomiting a little bit sound but yeah oh. no it's it's awful like it's it's full of creepy ass good. motherfucking dolls and i'm sure they're not haunted they are because they're dolls all dolls are haunted they're <laughs> all evil <laughs> all <laughs> they are old, like, old yep.
1: dolls are haunted i stand by that i'm with you there I don't know why,
0: but yeah. you're like old dolls. Like, no, all dolls are haunted. I saw that brat prostitute doll you bought for your niece. That doll is haunted. Doll. It's not haunted. It's,
1: it was a Nana surprise something. Mm.
0: It, yeah, i'm sure there is a not a surprise i also want diana oh. to post a picture of this fucking doll on the page because that doll is is haunted she's haunted by the years of shame that that doll is going to put into some little girl some little girl is going to have <sighs> years of shame based on the thing she learns that doll but
1: uh, it's not my fault that's we make for kids these days it's the whole thing is it's a surprise so you unwrap it and that's what's in it and i just assume that it was inappropriate well, would you I rather have an old doll?
0: you have an old doll. And you and wrap it and the surprise i don't know like a do, do you want to do you want a slutty doll or an old
1: haunted doll i don't know choices
0: uh, i'm going choices with the haunted. slutty doll yeah. like slutty that doll. is stuff. no yeah, i'll take
1: the yeah. slutty doll i don't want the old haunt. i don't want the creepy old haunted dirty doll i want the slutty. Doll. if i
0: want a role model I, i'm going with a role model of the girl who's satisfied her sexual being and a wears w-
1: she's, she knows how to party <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's not like I don't have a drawer full of fucking fishnets like exactly but yeah I'm much more happy with that than the old historical doll that's full of demons yeah me too
1: all right well thank you for terrifying me so so when are we
0: going to spring are we going
1: I'd rather go to Texarkana I want to go party in Texarkana all right well I will think about this next time I have to go to Houston because I do periodically do that and uh Remember to make my pit stops before or after spring, not in spring.
0: It's only Except Old I do kind of want to go to that
1: restaurant. Except I do kind of want to go check that restaurant out. You
0: want to go to Puffa Belly's, right? Because that's just that name. No, Puffa I mean, Belly. Actually, fun. and Vuncha Like when Vuncha opens up, it. I mean, I don't know if it's just marketing try, but it does sound. It does sound like it's actually gonna be some really good food there. um mm. And this is awesome. This is Old Spring, which is. There's regular Spring right. Texas, yeah. which Sorry. is just a suburban. That's a suburban hell that you should just stay <laughs> away from because that's where bugs come out and like curse things. Um, so that's where am I going to go? Like,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go
0: the ghost town full of uh, with named Puffa as opposed to the one filled with Target and Bed Bath and Beyond. Anyways, okay, so right. where we're at, Matt's in the backyard looking at bugs. Right, that's where we're at. Yes. So, uh, well, yeah.
1: Um, and he sees something in the ground and, um, and and sees, like, all these cockroaches start coming out of this hole. In the Unpleasant. And uh, so see. Dean calls Larry to try to get Larry <laughs> to leave the house and gives him some, you know, story about whatever, something that a gas leak. Gas leak. Yeah. But... The name he did he use Travis? I can't remember, but he uses the name he uses. Yeah, he
0: says he's Travis.
1: Yeah, he says he's Travis. And Larry's like, uh, no, you're not. I know Travis. Sorry. And so uh hangs up on him basically. Well, they Dean hangs up because he's busted. He doesn't have an hour.
0: Well, I also thought how he just gave up, but um, at least he didn't try and back paddle it. They're like, so if Dean had tried like a more like Oklahomaian accent, like this is like, Travis, like
1: you guys yeah so Sam calls Matt, say, hey, look, you got to get your family out of there. This is serious. Um, and so uh, Dean grabs the phone and explains <laughs> that your parents will think you are fucking insane if you tell them the truth. So you must lie. You must tell them that you basically your appendix is bursting is the is the, the symptoms that yeah. you're saying.
0: Which so, seems like a really good idea to yeah, me. I mean, I'm like, much. go with this story. Yeah.
1: So they pull up at the house and dad comes out and is like, and the whole family comes out or dad and Matt both come out. Excuse me. Mom doesn't. Um, And uh, obviously dad's like, y'all need to get the fuck out. Nope. This is nothing. We are not doing anything. And they figure out that the son told dad the truth, trying to get him to believe him. And uh, so Larry's yelling at Sam and Dean to leave, yelling at his son. And then... The bug zapper starts going off.
0: Yep, you can hear the bugs, they're and you coming. start
1: hearing all the swarms. So they're basically like, "We don't have time to get out of here now. We need to go." Inside. So they <laughs> hey, get all run in the house. This.
0: Yeah, my note was, "Oh shit, that's a lot of bugs." <laughs> oh shit, that's a lot
1: of bugs. So they all run in the house, uh, into so into Larry's house now. um And um phone lines aren't working. Power lines turn off, so they can't make a calls. For I mean, like, what are you gonna do you do? call the police on their bugs like i don't know whatever so they can't call out they can't they don't have any power anymore so they start trying to like make sure all the doors and windows are locked blocking like you know any other openings or cracks or anything like that uh and then there's yeah, this- and
0: also yeah and also like there's a scene like right when they're doing that like Kim has this really great shot of like face to face and it's like going from like mom to dad to deep. To Larry, to Matt. Yeah. And then it's like kind of going in the circle of like, we didn't know what to do. Look at this face. Look at this face. Look yeah. at this face.
1: I thought I, was I right. noted that too. You liked it? I thought it was.
0: Well, no, was, I didn't. I don't know if I liked so it. So
1: bad, I was like, what is this random pause to look at everybody's face right now while they're frantically know, covering it, Everybody, all the cracks? I'm like, okay, that was necessary.
0: <laughs> it was I don't funny. Know though. If I know, I that. liked it, but it was funny. And it was funny. So, yeah
1: it was funny i noted it as well i'm like this is a series of pensive close-ups <laughs> right now of each person um so they're all just kind of like you know they're they're trying to block as much as they can make sure everything's closed in dean locates a one can of bug spray <laughs> one can of bug of aerosol aerosolized bug, bug spray and uh right in about that time we hear sounds yeah, coming.
0: And he's like, trust me. And
1: I'm like, what no? Okay. There's like a swarm literally covering the exterior of this house, and you've got one can of bug spray. Okay. So um then we hear sounds coming from the fireplace at this point. And so bugs start shooting in through the flu.
0: Yep.
1: And and Sam or him and Dean busts out the lighter. And makes a flamethrower with the bug spray to try to attack the bugs. Now, my immediate question is, does that burn off all of the bug killing element? Or is it just burning the aerosol element? And so is it just a flamethrower then and any aerosol would work? Or is it the... Buggy I think it's
0: just a flamethrower. I don't know okay. if Superman variety can Let's go. Let's go get some fucking hairspray too, then, man. I don't know, but otherwise, I'm like might get there was burning. a number. I think there was a number of aerosol cans in there. So if yeah. your plan is just the aerosol can things, like give a bunch of people, like that, give, give everybody one. People, yeah, and y'all yeah. can just because I also think this would be effective. Like yeah. bugs generally don't like fire being shot in their faces, right? I mean, so I mean, who does? No one likes fire being shot in
1: their faces. So anyways, so they, they, they all start going upstairs because the bugs are getting too much. And then they decide to go into the attic, which I also find a questionable decision once again, because I'm like, aren't there like usually like a lot of vents in your attic? Like, air ventilation things now, i get it, your bugs aren't supposed to be able to get in there's screening and things like that but it seems a slightly less i sure
0: feel like home. bugs live in the attic i don't know i just <laughs> bugs don't live in attic,
1: the but i feel like they can get in there easier than maybe okay. like my bedroom i don't know so anyways, I don't, they go up I there,
0: like there attic. and you
1: see um and you see uh dust falling at one you know they're up there and they get it closed in and then you start seeing dust falling from a part of the ceiling and the bugs ate through the ceiling or oh, excuse me, see like the roof of the house and the subroof at that point. Because there are termites. Yeah. Yes, there are termites and then flying bugs too that follow in. Um, so they're uh. shooting this flamethrower, bug sprayer flamethrower, <laughs> all over this attic with very few people in there in a very limited space. And they use a piece of uh, metal from a like an electrical panel to patch that hole barely that the bugs just made. But a bunch of bugs are trapped in there with them now, too, that they're trying to kill with whatever. And that bug spray can has still not run out, just saying.
0: No, but it does run out at some point, like Dean throws it. So this is, and Diana, I'm going to encourage you to do some YouTube research on this. This is one of the most, like, talked about things um, in terms of things you hated while filming Supernatural. So Mm. both Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki and Eric Krooky have many conversations about this this has become a thing that they talk about on cons uh because things were just fucked up so originally when they taped this uh they were like hey kim manners i don't know who said this is like we're gonna bring in real bees so oh, no. they bring in and the number is exaggerate between which which who's giving the story when between like 600 to thousands of bees and they have a bee wrangler So these bees are being brought in, and I cannot give the story justice, but in the many there are many hilarious things of talking about them being told how to respond to the bees. They're like, well, they'll be fine unless like you SWAT at them aggressively. And they're like, so we're just going to slowly swat at these bees. Like that's not like and what about this. And they're like, what about this can of aerosol fire? Like, oh no, that's going to piss them off. So they go through all of this and everybody who is not in the cast is in a B-suit, right? So they walk in here and Jared and and Jensen are not in B-suits. Ken Manners being an awesome director also was not in one. He was like, if they're going to go through this, you know. I won't wear one either, but there are many stories of people getting stung in the ass and other things that happen. So I highly encourage everybody to go just, just Google uh, supernatural, the bees, and you'll find a number of times where the story was told. And the kicker is they go through all of this and they get to the dailies and the bees don't show up on film. Like they're barely there. They're they're barely there at all. Like they're just luggage. Like they have they go through all this stuff, like all this horror, getting stung by bees in multiple places and all this shit. And they ended up CGIing all the bees
1: oh that's hilarious i mean it's not but it is yeah that no, was funny. fucking because like those motherfuckers look cgi you're telling me those were real i was like well maybe they had a couple real ones no
0: no no. I like, not cgi well, they are cgi but originally yeah. they weren't and so yeah they got to and there's this whole idea of like you, there's a bee wrangler and like that's your job like yeah. that is your job is to bring bees on sets and like rodeo them and it was like I like herding goats but hurting bees
1: did you say rodeo
0: them yeah, your rodeo is <laughs> Yeah, your bee rodeo. You your bee rodeo on. Do you You don't want to go to the bee rodeo? I totally go to the bee rodeo. I go to the bee rodeo. Alright, so there's all the bees in there with
1: them. There's some trapped in there and the can of spray starts to run out and there's another hole now in the roof and then the swarm starts leaving.
0: Because the sun came out. Yeah. So it came out
1: this is so, a really long night this is a weirdly long night at this point by the way it feels This like.
0: also the night went really fast like i feel like they went through no, like I'm 15 like, minutes
1: yeah. of well yeah I'm, well, i guess I'm, I'm wording wrong like i feel like they this night like
0: I, I really like unless week. they, they showed, showed up at like four tonight. in the morning like yeah. they showed like, up before the, the morning fuck? and then like yeah like you that battled like 10 minutes of bees and then yeah.
1: And then all of a sudden it's dawn. I'm like, wait, what? What happened? Okay. So yeah, so Swarm disappears. So Woo-hoo! then um next scene is a baby pulls up in the neighborhood, uh, and there's a moving truck in front of the house. <laughs> and so don't blame them. Uh yeah. So good old Larry um tells them that the government's investigating some of the bones and they're leaving. Um, and uh basically um well, he lost a lot of money. He's looking forward to the future. But
0: he's fine because all developers are like, cool. They're just like, I just lost a bunch of million dollars of in investment. Loss. That's fine. We're on, yeah. 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 We're just going to, we're going to leave this to the to land of the native people. Like that's totally how developers are.
1: Uh-huh. Sure. But basically he so said that he'd like, he would make sure no one ever lived there kind of a thing. But um, yeah. So um, you can tell and though that I- the direction. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Matt's, yeah, throwing away, he, Matt's throwing away. Matt's throwing uh, away. Matt throws away bugs. All his terrariums. Yeah. He's over bugs now. Yeah, he
0: got through terrarium.
1: Yeah. So he uh, got he got through the, we- the weird phase. So and then him and his dad. Uh, He's comment. Okay, was stop, a weird Stop! Scene. It is
0: not. It is not a weird phase. of being an entomologist. Entomologists are fucking cool. But you're like it's a weird phase. Uh, I'm like no. no studying bugs is weird. fine. I don't. You don't need a bunch of bugs in your bedroom. Well, you kind of do if you're going to be an entomologist. How do you study bugs if you don't have bugs?
1: I don't know. It's just creepy. But anyway, so <laughs>
0: he, said, he said his comment
1: was that the, the, the bugs weird him out now, which is fair after being attacked fair. by swarms. Um so um you can tell though that the father and son kind of have a shift in their in their relationship. Um, so the you see Sam and Dean watching the father and son interact, um, and um tying back to part of the earlier conversation with um, Sam and Dean talking about their dad and the relationship Sam had with dad and how um, mad their dad was when Sam was leaving. Dean had pointed out that Sam said some not very nice things to dad also. And so Sam has now re, um, re-examined a little bit his feelings and that he thinks he would, A, a is more focused now, not more focused, recommitted to finding their dad it's probably a good way to say it and also would uh expresses that he would like to apologize for his part in their conflict so everything's he said and dean says that he's confident they'll find dad and there we go
0: yeah then they'll find dad and then they're going to start fighting again which is also valid oh well, yeah um, yeah and i think you know it's it's telling other relationship. I don't know if it's true to really what those emotions are, because again, I think a lot of this it just comes down to your communication sucks. Like yeah. you have pro, and but also is you know we we build through this. You know, the idea of if you express your feelings, that makes you a little less masculine. Is I think something that'll come out. Um, But I think that's really what we see in Dean, right? And Dean's like, well, we just don't talk about this. Yeah, it's going to bother you, but you just have to fight your fight and get on, which is something I also kind of respect. Like sometimes we don't need to talk about emotions. Sometimes you just need to get your job done. But at the same time, you know, what Sam is, I think Sam is completely valid in the fact that, you know, if if I get a full ride and my dad was pissed, that I would be upset. Yeah. you know that my dad was not supportive that seems very bizarre but yeah. also if my father knew that we were fighting a war against demons and bugs then i would off like that's a completely other perspective as well yeah. so Agreed.
1: interesting enough
0: like dean's douche meter on this is completely low like he did it not is. there was no women for him to harass um so i think he came out well in this except for the fact that he was probably not as empathetic to his brother as he could have been but
1: yeah yeah uh, i think that's it i think i think you know this one really just at the end of the the the, to sum up the story by the way so they just had to outlast the six days basically that's also kind of what it comes down to but well you're all leaving um, so but you can't so but yeah
0: you can't break the curse you can only run from it so if nobody builds things on there then the next spring equinox which does happen every year um <laughs> things will be fine but also who, how do you stop people from developing land
1: uh,
0: cool you just own it and hold
1: it and lose money on it that's
0: it yeah i guess that's a possibility so uh overall thoughts on the episode um
1: I feel like I mean it was good to get the insight on Sam's relationship with Dad a little bit more, um and Sam, Dean's relationship to it. And and I don't I don't have any I don't have a personal exact tie in, but I do relate to siblings having different perspectives on relationships with parents and interactions with parents for sure. Um, Because as close as I am with my siblings, we had different relationships with our parents and still do um and and that's not bad it's just different and and i think that that's pretty telling um and then um otherwise the episode kind of was fucking lame <laughs> so the, bug, the bugs were gross the bugs were creepy as shit but it was just kind of like oh of course it's a fucking indians you know not native american burial ground sorry but like cheesy like you know like not too disrespect anybody's culture well, but as, as far as no, like a, it's, an urban legend like nah, it's okay bugs are getting everybody because they don't want anybody to live here because the native american curse you know i don't know it's just
0: well honestly I mean, that native american curse as a trope is i mean one i think you know it seems like a cop what is a cop-out dramatic ploy yes too like because originally they really want to talk about curse of bugs and i don't i think this probably got pushed to native american like urban legends because what they wanted to do wasn't really there mm-hmm. um but i also just think it's in, and doing and researching and trying to find, like, actual examples of Native American curses. And frankly, the, the thing about Spring, Old Spring, being a Native American curse is a bunch of fucking bullshit. Like, they, there was never any sign that anybody was, you know, anything that happened there would have, like, caused all the fires or anything. Um, I think this is typical um, I don't, colonial guilt or other things that happen. And just, you know, like, oh, we... We, we push people out of land and we feel really bad about it. So now somebody has to pay, which I think is probably where this idea of the Native American curse on lands comes from. Um, and we can see it in different movies. Like we can see it in Poltergeist. We could see it, you know, in other things that go through like common, um, Common writing, you know, narrative fiction that have come out over the past like, you know, 200 years, like, is a, just like a whitening guilt. And that's why that comes from. But, you know, yeah. in reality, like, I think the actual documentation of any Native Americans actually cursing a land that they were on, beyond the fact that there was just a bunch of people who were slaughtered on something, which, you know, it's generally going to leave a bunch of negative energy if you believe in that. If you believe in negative energy coming from a bunch of people dying, yeah i can see that happening uh you building shit over on top of graveyards be them you know indigenous tribes or normal people yeah that's a that's the completely other thing because you know <laughs> but oh. that's a paranormal thing we'll get into another day <laughs> so uh anything else you need to talk about for this episode or are we good to let um, it that's go that's it and light it on fire with our can of aerosol i want to say aquanaut ah. because i'm not going to use some i don't know i guess i do have aerosol do i have aerosol bugs right no i don't Oh, I. Uh,
1: don't.
0: <laughs> you're like okay yeah, fuck those bugs ah, hell yeah yeah bugs <laughs> <So>. <laughs> all right i think we're good then so all right well. episode eight cheers jerk cheers bitch Devil's Trap Podcast is a Don't Be a Production.
1: Meow. Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow.